Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 339. This is your guide to the geek side. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by the weary traveler, Charlie Carden. Keep on tracking, baby. Yes, uh, there's an odyssey around this wonderful shirt. I was very happy to revisit this shirt I had long ago that wore out. I had to go to eBay to find it, but it is my favorite. Todd, do you have a ring light on your computer? I'm seeing I do. Like a, I do. do. I, it's a I, new edition. It's unfortunately uh, reflecting in my eye, but I, I want know, to not, more light in this place. But now you look like, uh, you kind of look like Dr. Mindbender. You have a monocle. <laughs> I kind of do. Oh. I'm going to try to move it out of the way. But yeah, so I was trying to put some more light in the room because it gets a little, little dark. So yeah, a little change. On the topic of Dr. Mindbender, just since I brought it up, that was one of those figures I never had the file card for it. Like, I picked it up some other way. But if you read his origin, he is, I swear to God, he was a dentist who did weird experiments on his patients. And then he it was and then did it on himself, and it drove him, it made him imagine. He was a supervillain. No doubt. When you wear, you, when you basically are topless with a cape and a monocle. And the, yeah, well, he had he had a cape. Yeah, no shirt, but he had the basically the like braces go down to a V. That was when GI Joe. Well, because and Cobra he had to cover went, up his he had to cover up his nipples. Right, right, because that kind of thing. Don't scare the children. I'll do. We'll do a little research on Doctor Mindbender, and we'll get back to you. Yes, I am traveling. I have. I started a new job a couple weeks ago, which is why you didn't see me. But uh, it's a, it, it's it's a great job. I'm very excited about, it, and I will be. I will be working from home or based out of home when it's over. But it's a two month training process in Milwaukee, uh, which is about four and a half to five hours from here, depending on the time difference. Uh, I leave every Monday morning. I come home every Friday afternoon. So it's a lot of road and it's a lot of intense information, but it's, I think it's going to pay off. So I'm excited about it, but this doing this. And again, I recorded code 47 a couple of hours ago, really grounds me. I'm happy to be back in the world and talking about things that we enjoy. So, and Corey did a great job last week. It's too bad. I wasn't around to put the brakes on you guys. Cause you got a little chatty, but I still thought it was a good episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, and we had technical details last week. If you watch the YouTube video, you'll see what I was talking about. The video was not great on Skype. That's why I hate Skype. Skype is my enemy. Uh, we will be having a backup plan if Skype uh, or if, if if Zencaster never works again, then we'll use something different. That I've got something planned as well that'll keep the quality high, uh, costs to a minimum and allow us to un- avoid snafus. But yeah, his mic didn't work with Suncaster, so we couldn't use the video. That's, so that's if you correct. saw the video, well, it's about as low-budget video as you could get, but that's okay. The audio is perfectly okay as well. It's st- it's still Skype audio. It's, it's per- not- It was perfectly okay. I yeah, but you know, don't hold that against us because we normally bring the quality. And, you know, we'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. Uh, You can subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. We'd love it. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on the show. Uh, And then you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a lot more content out there. Every show now is on YouTube, um, which is great. And more to come and special guests and interviews are going to happen. So we're very excited um, about what's coming later in the year in 2021. So please do that. Yeah. Um, yes, what's, what's almost as exciting is the comic book we are featuring this episode, and that is Detective Comic Book Comics number 339. Uh, this is May 1965. It was 12 cents, so a, a, a deal. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, Absolutely. the cover says Batman battles the living beast bomb. Batman is holding a gorilla strapped with rockets over his chest. Well- 
it's a he said he was a bomb so is it is he just has a is he just a bomb or whatever it looks like rockets but he, but it's like a belt right. with 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 he's gonna blow something up but he's i don't a, know how this wait, happened the, the rockets are pointed towards his face are they supposed to launch him at something and that i don't get that how this is a detective issue did he you know, this seems like it would be more of a main. It just doesn't seem like a detective comics thing happening. Well, you know, we we read, learn more about this title because we read what what Robin says. Hold that gorilla, Batman! The instant he touches the ground, the bomb strapped to his body will blow up Gotham City. Batman says, "I don't know how much longer I can keep this up." I oh really? Really, Batman? Is it? It must have been leg day, huh? So you just couldn't keep it going. That's that's weak, dude. That's weak sauce. Come on, Batman! You couldn't just set him down gently. Yeah, yeah. Treat me gently. Well, or if he, it was it a problem if you set him down on the bomb? So do, could you like could you weaken it, Bernie's him, and stand him up and get some pulleys and walk him around like a puppet, a hammock I mean, maybe? I don't I know. Could, I I could see that working. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever know what happened unless we read the comic, which we said we will. So we may have to pick like the best of and do a review. The ones we were like intrigued, we're like we don't know what happened, and just come back, and that's going to be a special thunder. I would like to have. I definitely want to see what happened with the super horse a couple episodes yes. ago in the Solitude. I'm, I want to. I that that's my commitment. I will do that one if that is available. I assume on DC Infinite. I want to. I, want to I, I imagine. Why would they keep that one away, Charlie? Unless they're like that yeah. was such a good story. We're going to charge you extra. Right. We're going to put Who it knows? in the vault. We're going to put it under the vault. And you're not going to get at it. Exactly. The Disney Vault. Now they're yes. storing DC Comics as well. <laughs> why not? It's a little extra. Hey, look. You know they'll do anything to make money. Absolutely. Well, that is it for the beginning and intro, but now it's time for us to turn to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Yes, I believe uh, you and Charlie were supposed to meet up in Milwaukee so you could reminisce about your time uh, posing as the beer baroness, but uh, it didn't work out, did it, Charlie? No, and you know what? And she was also going to take me on a tour of the neighborhood where that Happy Days was set in because I think that she was, I think, wasn't she Pinky Tuscadero? That's, oh my God. Oh, no, no, have... Charlie, she was Oldie Tuscadero. Oh, geez. I think I revealed her big secret. Sorry. Yeah, I wanted to find the, the Cunningham house where, you know, Fonzie had his Fonzie apartment. And he just looked at the mirror and he went, I don't know. In the mother in law but... apartment? You know, the only thing I've really discovered about Wisconsin is they have worse drivers than we have here in Michigan. And, and they like really to give tickets to uh, non-Wisconsin drivers. I did not think that that was possible, that they could have crappier drivers in here in Grand Rapids. But I think that thanks. was the last ticket I actually got was in uh, Milwaukee uh, or, or Wisconsin driving home uh, from one of my uh, trips back in sales. Let me guess you were going 62 in a 60, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Boo! Man, oh, man. All right. So I'm fired up uh, about this first story because, Todd, for Jesus, years now, we've been you and I have been struggling with the Eternals movie, probably you more than me. You saying, oh, the Eternal sucks. They never really did. There's nobody out there who says, oh, I love this Eternal story, blah, blah, blah this and that or whatever. Um, and uh, we saw the first trailer four or five months ago, maybe even not that long ago. We were kind of like, long we were like. Yeah, okay. Okay. This trailer, uh, which was your full 
two and a half minutes or whatever. It's those, a story trailer, as they call it. It's them, a story yeah. trailer. Yeah. I think really stepped things up. I was I was excited about this, um, and, and it was pointed out in the SFU group by uh, by uh, Stephen. I think by Stephen Day, who's one of our regular contributors, that this may look to to. Uh, basically ape the uh, mid-80s 12-issue Eternals miniseries, which was uh, in 1985 and 1986. Um, the main villain of it being a dude named Gar, or G-H-A-U-R, Guar? Guar? Guar, like Guar. the old rock band? Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, I was fired up by this. So, yeah, we got all the regulars. You had uh, you had um, Salma Hayek's character kind of doing some exposition, talking about the the, and it's funny. She said, "I watched it with April again this morning because I don't think she'd seen it." It was the the emergence or the it made me think of the convergence, the, the like a celestial event they were talking about, which reminded me, of, which of course was from Thor: The Dark World, our favorite mm-hmm. Thor movie. Um, and there was sarcasm if you didn't pick up on that because that was not our favorite Thor movie. No, because it was not good. Um, but yeah, to me, this this landed a little fire, and they came right out and said, "Hey, how come?" You guys didn't help with Thanos. How come you guys never helped out during World War II? Because it was said in the exposition that they've been on Earth for, for 7,000 years. Uh, and But their strict instructions, wherever they came from, is that you guys can't interfere with anything unless it involves the Deviants, which are a monster race. Uh, and when those pop up, that's when the Eternals pop up. Other than that, they just, you know, they sit in their, they sit in their bunker and don't do anything. So now... Things have changed. This convergence, divergence, whatever this deal is. Oh no, those were the movies with uh, what's or nuts. So those aren't the right ones. Uh, whatever it is the event that's happening, we got a celestial in the mix. Uh, we see some Big Bang Boom, and uh, I'm fired up. I, I am now fired up for this movie. I'm more, a lot more fired up for this movie than I am for Shang Chi, which comes out next week, which I bought the tickets for, and I'm still not convinced is not going to bore me to death. So anyway, my point is. I am Charlie, now on board. It's with got Charlie. action on top. Of, I don't know how that bores you. I mean, it's not the Green Knight, so <laughs> because I, I just I'm afraid it's going to be like Snake Eyes. It's just going to be a bunch of clank, 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 punch, punch. I don't punch, think punch. Disney would allow it to be that way. I just I just think there's always more to the vine. I think it's just like Ant Man. It's going to be more than you think. And it, it, you know, we didn't see what's his name. Tell us about you know what was the name? Uh, the guy who was it? Miguel? I can't remember his name. The guy who told oh, Luis, Luis. Yeah, we didn't know about yeah, Luis and all those extra things. Yeah, so we've seen like three minutes of the movie. So I think Disney knows what they're doing. At least this, I mean, we don't know yet. I mean, we hope they we know what they're doing. But um, it's funny because, yes, we got more character out of this. This is the storyline, the deviants, if they're involved. Um, it is kind of funny because apparently deviants have been dormant or something like you said oh, uh, naturally. Yeah. yeah so they're finally coming back we don't know the last time they were seen um there's eternals are essentially just kind of a safeguard waiting the celestials essentially developed both the deviants and the eternals themselves so basically they were creators of all of those the funny thing is though if you read about thanos thanos is an eternal with deviant dna so because of that then it tells me that well shouldn't they've gotten involved because he's partially a deviant that's why the way he looks he's uh unattractive he, you know that the deviants were all supposed to be monstrous and things like that so he was always an outcast and but i don't know if marvel's really gonna stick to then said canon i mean we didn't well, get yeah you you wouldn't think so because then it would kind of throw a monkey wrench in the hole exactly deal so deal. yeah so i mean we're gonna get this we saw the deviants they're kind of like generic monsters looking at least and then we did get the one main bad who didn't think the cg for him looked that great 
Um, we'll see how that pans out. But yes, we are getting an uh, evil monster. We do see some, like I said, characterization with these Eternals, what they're like, their personalities. I really liked seeing Camille Nanjiani, Nanjiani when he does like his finger guns. That was cool. Yeah. Pew, pew. Yes. Yeah. So I'm hoping there is a lot of personality with this. Um, it's a beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful film, and I know everybody says, "Oh, oh yeah. it makes it, but but beautiful beauty and and being entertaining and really rewarding don't always go hand in hand. Cinemat cinematography has never been the benchmark for a good film. It just helps make it beautiful. So right. I, I think this hopefully this movie's got a good script. That's the number one thing that will save this film if it's got a script that's whole hum. It doesn't matter what you put out there. It will be not exactly what they want it to be. So I'm just hopeful. And we saw little bits of, I think, shimmers of personality, which I hope will, will pay out. And you know what? Nothing else is going on. I will see this film. So I'm just hoping it's good. And I've never said the Eternals are bad. I just said they've been boring and they just have no presence in most fan, comic book fans' mind, which means right. they essentially have free will to do whatever they want with these characters because no one will be offended if they veer from what's been in the comics. Oh, you didn't hit what I saw in issue exactly. four of the miniseries. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's read it. However, we might consider actually... I would I would not mind delving into the, at least maybe an issue or two of that miniseries to see if it grabs us. Oh, the the old one. Yeah. Oh, oh, I cannot yeah. do old Kirby. Old Kirby is so it, even this is like this was considered his knockoff of the new gods he did. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so ham fisted. Oh. I mean, hey. we're talking 60s Marvel, Charlie. Come on. Or 70s I mean, Marvel. I guess. But if. I, I mean, it, well, this is this was in the '80s, but still, yeah. I just if it's a good story, I know we were always trying to find an eternal story that would hit the notes, but I don't know. Oh, I mean, the if, Kirby one? No, the Kirby yeah. one as well. Before that, Kirby was was no, 70s, no, no, no. I think. Well, no, no. I'm talking about this 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 12 issue miniseries from the '80s. Oh, what was that? Yeah, I mean, should we should we give it? Well, a go, we so? we read part of the Neil Gaiman one, uh, yeah. and we read the first issue of the most recent one. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just think there's nothing there on the vine comic book wise that have really said, wow, I really like this property as a comic book. I might be a fan, more, a bigger fan of the movie if it moves me forward. I mean, could be. Let's see here. There's a trade paperback of it. I'm just curious what they what they call it. Oh, the, the, the Kindle one is only eight bucks if we were to buy it. But of course, why would we buy it? So I know I'm just curious. I'm curious. Well, Charlie, Who's if you it? want to read it, by all means, it's up to you, my friend. You, you, you can absorb old comic book story and writing better than I can. I was just curious if he was really the guy, but no, it's, it's written by Mark Gruenwald. That alone makes me interested in reading it. So I'm just saying, yes. Next story. Uh, Black Canary is getting a spinoff from the Birds of Prey film. This is coming to HBO Max. Uh, Journey Smollett will be reprising the role, and this is going to be done with Lovecraft Country's scribe, Misha Green. Uh, I believe this is going to be a uh, movie, um, which HBO Max has been talking about doing these uh, basically direct to HBO Max movies of DC properties. Right. This could make sense. Um, Birds of Prey came about, did horribly at the box office. I know there were some fans that really, it got good critical reviews. Um, it just didn't hit, I guess, fans uh, in the right spot. Um, I think this came out, did this come out before, like like early 2020, before COVID, or was it the year before? I, I, don't, I know that I just watched that movie, or maybe like three quarters of that, two thirds of that movie in a hotel room a week or so ago. 
and I feel like it might have been early 2020. Um, and what what I can tell you is that I was reminded why I've never watched it a second time. Not impressed. Not no. impressed. Not not impressed for another go around. That's for sure. Yeah, not even you, McGregor, could save it. So that's 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 depressing in itself, right? Uh, yeah. So we'll see if this 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 goes anywhere. Um, apparently, it's going to be officially announced at the DC Fandom, which is coming in October. Um, but this is also hand in hand with the fact that we're getting that black uh, Bat, Batgirl movie, and also uh, Blue Beetle is getting its own uh, separate uh, pro- uh, movie, I believe as well, and it's going to be starring uh, uh, the Miguel from Cobra Kai. So. I like what they're doing, developing a lot of characters, um, giving some characters a second chance. Uh, hopefully this delivers better than Birds of Prey did. But yeah, that movie was just a big for me. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Obviously, there's an audience for this kind of thing. Um, but being that we didn't really dig on the first film, it's not really a given that we're really going to dig on this. But, you know, I'm always willing to give it a ride. You know, I mean, a DC, as far as live action, gritty uh, in the you know, DC Universe slash HBO Max era has given us Titans, and that's awesome. So who knows? It could who be gritty. Knows and it could be could be gritty and wonderful. Well, I'll jump into this next one. Um, I'm fired up about this again. '80s era little miniseries within um, the Iron Man comics, which I I didn't really read them, but I was I was aware of this because it did cross over with Captain America. It was the first. Captain America Iron Man like fight they had over Tony Stark's armor wars. Uh, Tony Stark back in those days found out that uh, his tech had been hacked, that people were stealing from him. And so he had to go on a, you know, uh, no holds barred, uh, damn the consequences uh, quest to get all of his tech back. And that led him astray of or that led him in conflict with with Cap when he had to break into, I think, the vault and sabotage the guardsman armor or something. I'm trying to remember the specifics, but at any rate, obviously in the MCU era, we don't, we don't have Tony Stark to play with. Uh, so taking his place will be uh, obviously Don Cheadle as war machine slash iron Patriot, whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, and so, yeah, so some additional details dropped this week uh, that the, uh, the show has picked up the head writer of the Showtime series Black Mondays, which also stars John Cheadle. So that's probably a good thing uh, that we have a uh, that we have a writer that knows how to write for him. So yeah, they've tapped uh, writer Yasir Lester to be the head writer of this program. Um, interesting. I don't know skimming through this if this guy has any uh, geek cred writing for you know genre shows, but that I think as we've seen with Disney has not really mattered because Disney seems to have a pretty tight rein on making their stuff pretty sharp uh, by by engaging outside talent. So, um, so yeah, so this sounds cool. Uh, release window, TBD, uh, but this will be part of Phase 4. So I'm guessing if camera rolls end of this year or 2022, I'm, or, or early 2022, I'm thinking, thinking definitely early 2023 is my guess. Yeah, and I'm curious because obviously Pepper Potts, I assume – she controls Starks. Right. Um, why, yeah. Why, why, yeah. Why wouldn't she? And we could potentially see, obviously, her back. Uh, we could see um, our favorite. Happy. Uh, happy yeah, we could girl. see Happy Return. And then, you know, it could just be the fact that, uh, yeah, his, his, his technology gets out there somehow. And, right. you know, someone takes advantage of that gap in the, the that, that, era and we could see return of justin hammer right i don't think he was completely dead um no he was just he was it was where he was um from remembering his fate he ended up in the same he was in the same jail as the guy who was the fake uh 
Mandarin. Yeah. And Trevor. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. And then the real Mandarin broke into the jail and they were like, yeah, no, the real Mandarin wants you or whatever. And so we know that Justin Hammer was alive at that time. Yep. Um, so he may be very st- still will be. But yeah, that would be awesome to see kind of some of those legacy, you know, of the Iron Man trilogy, some of those legacy characters pop back up. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, and they've got good source material to to, to grab from and pull in things that make sense, some things that don't introduce. I think Ironheart, we're hearing now that Ironheart's going to get introduced in Black Panther 2. Right, So, So Ironheart can have a role in this as well. So there's, I see a lot of things cooking with this that could be really good. And she could be basically the protege of Jim Rhodes, right? Right, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm totally down. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, you know, Disney, it, Disney Plus. Those programs are just hitting it out of the park. I've been loving What If, which I'll talk about when we get into the geek easy. But I'm totally on board. Look forward to it. Yeah. Next story, Charlie. Normally, don't talk about Star Wars stories just because I'm I'm waiting. I mean, I'm really excited for the Star Wars Visions. Um, I think that's going to be really cool in a different approach star wars that we just haven't seen in the past so i'm very excited about that that's coming out we got a trailer for that won't talk about that if you're into that type of thing good if you're not that's okay there's going to be more of the same old stuff that you always get (laughs) so just right be ready for that um but something that's coming out which is kind of cool is we've all talked about you know when solo the movie came out I was really excited for it because I'm like, this is going to be neat because if anybody has really cool stories to tell, it's Solo because he's a smuggler. He does all these things. Mm. Why wacky hijinks? What it? What I? He's, what got, I, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of touches. Yeah, like that, that's a character. He's got that can history. Bounce. Yeah. He can bounce between segments of the Star Wars universe. He can be like, here's crime syndicate stuff. Here's the Imperial stuff. Here's maybe some, you yeah. know, nascent Jedi Sith stuff. He just, he bounces. He has wacky sex romps. We don't know. It's fun. Um, but, you know, what we got essentially was Han Solo, the Mad Libs of his origin story, which I'm like, did we, we didn't really didn't need it, but that's okay. But we did get some cool characters introduced, and we're now we're kind of like, what, what is going to happen with all of that potential? Where is it going to go? Well, I guess apparently the comics writers and the people behind that are saying, well, we're just going to go forward and use the character of Kira, which essentially she goes and is it basically forms bonds with and you probably know more of this the basically the crimson uh was it crimson sky crimson dawn crimson, crimson dawn, dawn. Yeah, dawn which, crimson dawn yeah exactly which very inexplicably at the end of um the solo movie uh, you know, she makes a video call as she's about ready to make her big breakout, and Darth Maul's on the other end of the line, which was a head scratcher for anybody who didn't know about the fact that the character was revived in the Clone Wars and then going into Rebels, you you saw him again, so this would kind of put it in the middle. So that was kind of a weird choice, but obviously they're running with it. It's canonical. They got to do something with it. Um, you know, I say all of this as, as you know, over on Holocron Chronicles, Mark and I just kind of abandoned. Um, talking about you know monthly the premise of your show stuff the premise of our <laughs> no the premise of our show evolved and it was i'll blame it on mark but i think it's been working out we've we've turned into a you know social media guest centric uh discussion program as opposed to talking about canon because we just we just couldn't find ourselves caring about what's going on in the comic it all just seemed very inconsequential and so i have stopped reading the comics altogether i mean it's easy to pick them up again someday with marvel unlimited and then obviously purchasing comics on you know but i'm just in the phase right now when i'm just not i'm just not reading comics right now a lot so it's going to take you know i'm my fandom goes in cycles it'll come around again and i'll want to do it again but right now it's just not my scene so 
um, yeah, so I don't know, but I agree with you. This is this was a creative way to circle the character back in. Um, and the interconnectivity about Star Wars that I do enjoy is that, yes, you could have her here, and that that could transition her pro- potentially into an animated property. Maybe it could transition her into a live-action property like The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett or any of the other live-action you know kind of properties or animated properties that they have on the slate. But it all it's the river all flows in the same direction through live-action animated comic and book. You know what I mean? So the, everything is one. It's one stream. And that's I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be I always say canon can be a prison that you are captured. Basically, some writer's bad decision can then hamstring future things right. because they decided it was a good idea. Sometimes canon works because it mixes things and you get things that really just it, it just all connects. And it's like, wow, that's neat how it came together. So it, right. it can be good. It can be bad because then it can just be, oh, we need something because this is really that exciting. Let's throw in a cameo. And then it's really, well, is it a good series or is it just you just happy to see an old face? And it can right. be both. This is interesting because um, basically this is dealing with, uh, like you said, the Crimson Dawn, the series, this comic series coming out called Crimson Rain, five issues coming out in November, potentially keeps this character in, in the minds of fans and also then says, would it make sense to give this character, like you said, her own series or could Solo come back as a live action series rather than a movie? And you can do more of those one-off heists and have fun like that versus having to do Two hours to right. encapsulate everything. That's kind of like it. Kind of feels you flat, leaves you flat because yeah, it didn't really right. serve anybody well. Well, yeah, and, and again, what purpose did that film serve? You know what I mean? It just it didn't really blast forward any kind of narrative elements that then. Oh well, you know this helped this thing happen. Yeah, it, it really didn't. It really didn't help anything happen, and that was the issue. Um, so yeah, so that no, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I would love to see Solo as a TV series because yeah, it, it could be. And again, a, a, a mini micro series, not like, oh, it's, you know, like Bad Batch getting a season two. We really dissected that on, on Holocron Chronicles this past week. Um, that it's just kind of like, ah, what kind of stories are we going to do? And we talked about our predictions. And, and I know the one that, that I kind of launched and Mark and our guest agreed with me is that I'd love to see Bad Batch do a time jump. Let's jump 10 years forward. What are these characters doing with the way that, you know, that the, the galaxy has become? And that's kind of what. I think it touches elements of this as well. So yes, move the story forward. You do have this 20 year gap that you can do some developments. Everything doesn't have to be within, you know, five minutes of what happened in episode five. You know what I mean? Give us, give us some breath, explore a little bit. And that's, that's good stuff. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And if you can't get these actors to do live action, animated animation can fill those gaps and can make it easier. It can do cool things, has a lesser budget and they can do a different style than, the Bad Batch, the Clone Wars, and Rebels, and everything else. Do something different. Be be audacious. Like, just even use the style of What If, because you know what? Right. That works great. And I, I think and, that'd be fantastic. And Star Wars has done that under the, what the hell was the previous publisher? Not Dark Horse, but the one after that. Was it Dark Horse? Yes. That lost the license tomorrow? Yeah, it did, and it was maybe maybe like 15 years ago or even a little bit further. So they did a, well, what if, you know, when Luke did his Death Star run, he launched a missile and it was a dud and he didn't destroy the Death Star. Yeah. And they, they spun out and that was a great story that I loved. And then, then they transitioned to the next movie and it was a, it was a different, what if this thing happened? And then they transitioned to return to the Jedi. And what if this other thing didn't happen? So I love those three stories. I, I have read those several times and it's kind of funny. It mirrors the, the the decline in quality that the Family Guy Star Wars one had like the first yes. one amazing the second one 
The third one, dog shit. Just terrible. Um, so I don't know. I guess I guess bad things come in threes. <laughs> well, and I was just saying, right, yeah. to, I wasn't saying to follow in the premise of what if I just said the animation style of what if. Yeah, oh yeah. I was yeah. and I was thinking I for me I was thinking the premise because I like Got that it. kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So well cool. We will see how this develops. And the beauty of of having Marvel Unlimited is that this is in three months' time after it comes out, it's something that you and I can check out. It's all there. Yep. And it's it's all there. And I, I will admit I've not taken advantage of it very much at all. But it's one of those services that I know I'll always hang on to because I will end up using it at some point for something. And it always pays for itself no matter what. Absolutely. So check out Marvel Limited or in comic shops uh, in November when it's available. Uh, last story, Charlie, and this getting us right in the spooky zone. Uh, we're getting uh, basically this is this was already announced, but we've got a trailer for it now. And that is Sci-Fi is making a Day of the Dead series. Um and this is debuting October 15th. It's based on the George Romero universe, you know, all those things. But this one's taking more of a comedic uh, route to it. A little bit tongue-in-cheek at times, l- less dour, less, oh my God, we have to save the world and survive. It's kind of like that, was it World War or Zombie oh. Z? Z- 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 the Zombie Zoo? The, oh, uh, Z-, Z Nation. Z Nation. Z- so Nation? It's, it feels yeah. very similar this way, but it's more in line with, the the Romero universe. Um, I think it looks charming. And the fact is now I can watch sci-fi um, on their app for free. This might be entertaining. I, I keep forgetting about that. But again, you know, me not being home, I'm not really, I got our, our Roku completely crashed yesterday. So I'm busy uploading new channels. So maybe now's the time for me to upload this one. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I found with Roku, they it, you seem to have to do a factory reset on those things once about every six months. Have you bumped into that, or is that just me? Yeah, they can run hot. I mean, yeah. they're not exactly the most high end devices in the world, so yeah, I don't think exactly. their life the lifespan of something you use quite frequently like that they get hot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I had to do that. Now it seems to be fine. But yeah, I turned it on and it just wouldn't load anything, and the the video input quality was terrible. But I also realized I have when when you boot it up again, you get all the channels again. I have like a hundred channels. I could tell you I use ten. Yes. The rest of those absolutely have to go. So maybe that maybe that'll help. You know, it's not taking up essentially. Yeah. Well, they do take up they do take up memory. So yeah, yeah clean so, clean yeah. house, Charlie, and, and you'll yes, be set. I will do that. I will do yeah. that. Yeah. So this story basically, uh, the showrunners are Scott Thomas and Jed Enoff. Elenoff uh, basically follows a group of strangers trying to survive the first twenty four hours of an undead invasion in their small conflict filled town. This ode to Romero's fresh. Flesh Eaters reminds us that sometimes all it takes to bring people together is a horde of zombies trying to rip them apart. Reach out and touch somebody's hand and then take a big bite of it if you can. I loved the, I assume, and this is spun off of the 1985 uh, Day of the Dead, I believe it was, and it was. That I was think it's supposed like, to be the same, the same area. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was set. It was set in an army base in Florida, and they were underground, and they 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 had a base that was it was a lab, and but it was surrounded by caverns and had zombies in it, and there were zombies on the surface, and um, I love that one, but again, it, it's really harnessed with that great like gore that like oh at the end mm-hmm. of it they. They catch one of the soldiers, the one who was like the biggest dickhead, and they just tear him in half. And you see one of those, like, he's yelling while they're pulling his body in half. They're pulling his organs out. I'm not. And it's like, whoa. But I, I dug it. I totally, I totally dug it. Um, and I really loved um, going beyond Romero. I loved uh, it was the only thing Zack Snyder has ever done that I've enjoyed was his 
uh, Dawn yeah. of the Dead. That mm-hmm. was awesome. Love it in 1980, 19, or 2004, 2005. Um, so this looks fun. And this will be on sci-fi. Is this a one? This is a one shot. So it's like a TV nope, it's, movie. It's, it's going to be a TV series. Oh, very cool. All right. Yeah, well, I am, I am totally on board. Don't recognize any of these names really. So that's fine. Yeah, but I'm totally, oh no. Is the one in the middle flipping me off? That's it, it is. Yeah. The poster shows day of the dead. They're coming for you. And it does show one of the, the zombies, uh, hands coming up. But it's the middle finger, but they also Charlie include the helicopter in the background. If you remember day of the dead yes, helicopter, that exactly. scene. So I like that. There's the home, the homages there. So yes. I think they get what they're going for. They also say they're inspired by red dawn, 1984's red dawn with Patrick. What? That's so yeah. well, I, I'm going to depend on you to remind me about this because you know i've you know i've literally already forgotten um but by that time you'll probably have to remind me to download the app because i i will say i'll do it now but i won't do it now <laughs> charlie needs a secretary or executive assistant at this i point. do i mean i could put i could put it in my phone but i'm not going to put it in my phone but anyway uh i think that takes us out of the news unless yeah it takes out of news so i think uh i think we got to get a, an uber or a stuber if you prefer if you wanted to get, you know, Dave Batista involved uh, and get a ride over to our favorite geek destination, the place with the most watered down drinks, the worst food in town. That would be the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy. The cover band is playing. Drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on. Charlie. Um, I'm assuming you had access to television and various sources of entertainment in the lands. I, I yes, exactly in the in the land of cheese and and uh, apparently lack of interest in vaccinations. Um, yikes! Uh, but yeah, I had to. You know, we're into we're into the era of uh, of new programming. Uh, it's coming out during the week. I have um, I have probably one of the more serious cases of FOMO of anybody you'll ever meet, and particularly for the needs of this program. Uh, you know, I can't know that this program came out on this day and have a fear that if I'm scrolling through social media that I'm going to see something I don't want to see. So on Wednesday mornings, uh, both uh, this week that we're in and uh, the previous week, and well, by the time you're listening to this. The, the week that you're in right now, uh, I t- first thing I get up in the morning in my little hotel bed, I, I grab my iPad and I pull it over and I watch uh, on Wednesdays. I watch What If on Disney Plus and then I watch Lower Decks, the new Star Trek program on uh, Thursdays. And uh, What If has absolutely blown me away. And I know that you guys talked about it on the program last week. First episode was all about Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. If Peggy Carter had taken uh, Steve Rogers' place in that film, we actually just watched it again now so that I could talk uh, talk about it and be fresh. Second episode was what if... Uh, the Peter Quill role of Star-Lord was replaced by T'Challa uh, if he was abducted by the Ravagers as a child at kind of the same age. So both amazing stories. I loved, absolutely loved in this week's episode about uh, T'Challa Star-Lord, the fact that Thanos uh, doesn't have to be such a bad guy. Uh, and I loved in the context of the story, spoilers, that uh, T'Challa had been the one to talk Thanos out of his mad plan to get the Infinity Stones. He got him to give it up. So I'm like... What if I don't think, and I don't think either one, I think both of these are original stories based on the fact that they're basically spins on MCU tales. So it's totally original programming. It's like a fun micro movie in 30 minutes. I I friggin' loved it. There was nothing about this that I didn't love. Both of them. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because I I like 
this one less than the first one. I really loved the first one so much. The second yeah. one, I felt like, I don't know, it felt like it ran long. Like, it was just like, I don't know, it felt like it was just like, it didn't, the, the pacing was kind of less interesting to me. And I, I mean, liked what they did, but I mean, yeah, I mean, no Guardians of the Galaxy in this one, so basically, they never got formed. That was kind of like the big pan right. of this one yeah that was the that was the big and again you know for me i probably had a deeper connection to the first one because of my own deep-seated love of captain america and of the captain yeah. america mcu trilogy films and how those are you know those those are my six-pack if i was to sit somebody down and say hey do you want to be really informed on on watching you know phase you know the phase one or the infinity saga watch cap one two and three and then watch um avengers and then Infinity War, and then Endgame. That's my that's my Cap six pack. Because um, I feel like Cap is more the through line to the whole thing, or his movies are. So um so yeah so that kind of touched me deeply. I it, unfortunately, and I'll go into this will be uh, heard in much greater detail uh, if you're a listener to Code Forty Seven and you listen to it uh, Monday. And this this episode we're talking about comes out on a Friday uh, of Lower Decks this year. Now, Todd, are you caught up? Did you watch both episodes? Uh, no, I'm I'm just getting through the first season. I just watched the oh, one gotcha, episode okay. where the uh, the the he was the what's his name the, the the main protagonist he was infected Wonder. with a with a with a bug or something oh like yeah that. Wait, left off the pheromones yeah yeah right well I I will tell you uh, and, and and again Rich and Aaron and I and our very special guest star which by the time you listen to this you'll hear but I'm not spoiling it for Todd because he'll listen to it tomorrow we had a very special guest star who offered their commentary as well um, these episodes are you know they're kind of lackluster um, the series has kind of you know as Rich that pointed out the series has kind of dogged into um, the over self parodying phase that Family Guy did kind of early on. It's kind of gone Family Guy where it's just like, here's this reference and here's this reference over here. What do you think of this reference? And that it just didn't, it just didn't really, it doesn't really serve the overall narrative of the story, which is, yeah, it's quirky and it's fun and it's a comedy, but it just kind of enough is too much. The first, the first of the episodes in particular was like plot wise, it just, Nothing really seemed to connect, even with the things that they were trying to spoof. It just didn't. It just didn't really work for me. This may again work really, really great for non-Star Trek fans, for somebody tuning in and, and saying, you know, the references will, will all go right over their head. They don't really have to care uh, about that kind of stuff, or it, not like they have to care, but they don't care. Um, and you know, and it's got a little bit more of a Rick and Morty vibe. That's possible. But for me, these first couple of episodes, they've got some catching up to do, and in, in the in the seven episodes that remain in this ten episode season, to to kind of win me back. Because yeah, we were all talking, and I guess I didn't really know until I watched the episodes again today. But I'm like, these are just not that great. Uh, and you know, and it echoed, you know, Rich and Aaron kind of uh, echoed my my opinion. So again. As with all things, please make up your own mind. Um, Lower Decks is on Paramount Plus every Thursday uh, morning or every Thursday past midnight, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and What If is on uh, Disney Plus every Wednesday past midnight, Eastern Standard Time. So watch them, love them, hit us up on Twitter. Love them, hate them, hit us up on Twitter. Let, let us know what you think. But yeah, I'm bummed out watching them out of my tiny screen, but I come home on the weekend. Charlie, watch pro them, tip. Watch them again. Pro yes. tip. You can connect a laptop to your hotel TV with an HDMI cable. I was or literally you can going put Roku to, or a Roku box. Just I literally was going to bring back the Roku in my den. There you go. Um, You're solved. But I, I tried the same thing. I feel like I tried it with that fire stick you gave me, but maybe, maybe, oh, you know what? I wanted to, but when I took the stuff out, I realized that I didn't bring batteries. <laughs> so yes, I will take the Roku back and that will be uh, of enormous value. 
Um, yeah. So I will do that right. <laughs> Pause it right now. I'm going to go grab it. No, I'll go grab it when we get done here. As long as you can uh, hit the input on your TV to change the inputs. That is not certain. So we exactly. will find out. You'll, you'll find out because there. hotels oh, hotels can be sketchy in that way. Oh, well, so no, they're, I mean, they're not charging you for like Skinamax anymore. So it's not like they're making any no, money and, off and, it anyways. And I'm, you know, I, it's this, I, I, I'm staying at the same hotel that I stayed at last week. I stay there during the day, during the week. I come home and then I'm going back to the same hotel again. Um, so it'll be, I, it'll, obviously it'll be a different room, but I'm sure it'll be the same kind of TV. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Excellent. Well, good deal. Hopefully that gets solved for you and uh, you can watch things in a bigger screen. That would be delightful. All right. So what do you got? Two things this week. Um, One thing is something I've been meaning to check out, but I never did. And that is called Trace. And that is a comic written by a Filipino writer um, and I believe artist. And um, it basically it's similar to like a Buffy type show where she uh, has to take on demons and stuff. But you find out that her role in this is more significant. Essentially, her father was the one that actually created the peace between humans and these demons. Um, And it it uses a lot of Filipino mythology in regards to their monsters and beasts and things like that takes place in the Philippines. Uh, And because of that, you know, my wife was interested in this because my wife is Filipino. She, you know, she grew up in the Philippines and she is very interested in the mythology and the culture of the Philippines because a lot of it is a lot of different, um, I guess you'd call it like a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures make up the Philippines. It's a variety of islands. So a lot of them are separate and, and they try to bring the cultures together. Um, it's unique. It's a unique culture because Tagalog at times sounds Spanish uh, and because the Spanish, uh, basically came in and tried to, um, uh, basically colonize the Philippines at times. So there's a lot of that culture ingrained, uh, also with the Southeast Asian element. So very interesting, but, um, they actually, it was really cool because we found out Netflix was going to make an animated series on this. So we just started watching that. So I didn't read the comic. My wife did. Uh, we started watching the, uh, the animated series and it's really well, really well animated. And they did something very cool. They basically did English uh, voices, but they also did uh, voices in native Tagalog with real Filipino voice actors. So my wife kind of nice. gave it the Chris gave it the basically the this seems accurate. It's good. Um, and, and we liked it. And my, my son watched it, too. So we had a good time with it. It's very much that mindset of like a Buffy type of show. Uh, but like I said, ha- seeing something Filipino on the screen like that really makes my wife feel excited to see somebody, something that reflects her culture where there's not much of it. So it, it's good. I, I think you check it out if you like that type of monsters, demons, taking them on. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So check out Trey Say It's on Netflix. Season one is out. Not sure if it's getting a second season because I think there's only two trade paperbacks, actually. So I don't know if there's enough material to make more yet. So we'll see. Very interesting. Gotcha. Cool. And the second one that you got going on here, I'm Jelly. You didn't, uh, yeah, drop it on me. I want to read this. Yeah, so Batman 89, I don't know if you can see the cover. Ooh, kind of blends in with my green screen. But Batman 89, number one, came out in comic shops. And, and you, uh, bought, you bought it at a comic shop? What? I did, I did, because we went to Free Comic Book Day to check it out, see what they had, pick up the stuff, but also, you know, reward a store for, for books I may not always buy myself. or, or So um, I got that, and I also got the DC Infinite. Um, it's basically the miniseries that's leading up to what the next stage of DC is all about. I got the first 
first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I um, I picked up one of those for my friend who's a big Wonder Woman enthusiast, and I don't think she ever read it, so I didn't get her. The, I think I might have got her the second issue, but then I did not get any more. So I'm still waiting on that book report. Yeah. So DC uh, Universe Infinite will have this in six months, so you'll be able to read it there for okay. free. Um, I will. But the but the the physical books at DC do not include a code. Not sure why they did Which that for is, a while. Very inconsistent. A- Missed opportunity. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know how many people use it though, to be honest. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing where it's like they just didn't find people use it. So, like, why bother? I mean, cost. I I used it every month until I decided to do away with, um, with getting the physical copies, which again, you know, all consumers are different. There are, you go to any comic shop. I mean, I I have stood in line behind a comic shop with a guy who's picking up 20 books in a week or he's picking up his entire poll poll list for a month because they really love to sit down and hammer through those. But it just got Todd with both you and I, we just got to the point where it's just something else that I'm not, I'm not going to pick it up again. You know, if I have the digital issue, I'm going to read it once, but then it even got down to the point. Well, I know with Marvel, this is going to be there in three months. And if I get an interest in the series on down the road, I'll read the whole thing. So all consumers are going to be different. So I I have an enormous amount of appreciation for that. Knowing a lot of guys who are comic shop owners and stuff like that. I totally dig it, but teach their own. Yeah, comic book shops are perfect if you just want to read comics right away. You don't want to wait six months. You don't want to forget about it. It's something to do. It's part of your routine. It's something you're excited about. It's like the same people who buy whatever, the new, latest video game. They don't want to wait until it's, you know, whatever. So that's fine. Um, but Batman 89, this is essentially, I don't know what we would count this as. It's it's more like a what-if spinoff. We've got that with, with other series, Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77, Batman 89, we're getting Superman 78. Um, yeah, I'd so, love to pick up a collection of, I mean, hopefully if there's a published collection of all three of those when the time comes, that I would pick up. Well, I don't know if they'll put them together. They do collections of them individually, but um, yeah, yeah but I mean, regardless, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically inspired by the Batman 89 movie, Michael Keaton, and it's essentially expanding the mythology beyond what we saw in those three two films because that was all we got so it was a very limited run we only got you know the the essentially three villains this one is expanding it we've got you know this this issue really focused a lot on harvey dent who was you know modeled after billy d williams in this he looks like billy d williams we find out that he's actually dating barbara gordon and is going just gets engaged to her um we get to see more with him acting is how he, you know, you, you, there's illusions that he's going to become two face in this, which is really cool to get that, that uh, story moving forward. Um, we do get the fact that Batman is now being looked at as a uh, anti-hero and the, basically Harvey Dent wants to have a crusade against Batman. Um, but we really don't have a big villain yet, but we do see another character and I don't want to give it away uh, that gets introduced that apparently was supposed to be introduced into the Keaton films, but never was. And they bring it at the very end. I'm like, I picked that up. I'm like, that's very cool. So um, Sam Hamm, actually, he, I believe he was the script writer for the original Batman 89 film. Um, he wrote this comic. So if anybody knows that era and what they had planned and what they would do with it, it's him. So I like the art style. It's not exactly like photorealistic or anything, um, but it's Michael Keaton, Alfred Goh, um, you can definitely see it's them. So um, if you, if you really like that, just the look, it's a six issue limited series. I don't know if it'll be any more than that, but I think that's perfect at times because sometimes you just run out of ideas, right? It's like, and then you're just pushing those series. Just, they don't go. I think Batman 66 was that way. Right. I think it just kept on going and going. Yeah. And and then people just stopped caring. So I like this. So six issues. We'll see how it goes. 
I don't know if I'll get the rest or just wait till the rest come out on uh, DC Universe Infinite, but I just wanted to get the first issue to see what it was like. So check it out. It's in comic shops now. We're six months later on DC Universe Infinite. So that is it for the Geek Easy, folks. For us now to take a little trip in the exotic region next to the danger zone, <laughs> and that's the Thunderdome. So let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, it's a topic. Not really a topic. It's it's a review of it's a th- reminiscence. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that's a thing with the other thing. Yes. Had a the top view. A topic and review. I had the joy of watching this bad boy at home thanks to uh, the uh, 2001, but not, two th- not, t- not the, or, uh, uh, 2021, but... Maybe not 2022, depending on how Delta goes. Uh, that the yeah, the good folks at Warner Brothers are giving us uh, same day theaters with uh, with these movies. Um, so yeah, yeah, Reminiscence, a movie that debuted in box offices this week. Um, Hugh Jackman. Uh, let's see, Rebecca Ferguson, Thandi Newton, Cliff Curtis, Marina Del- De Tavara, and Daniel Wu starred in this. This was directed by uh, Lisa Joy. Uh, she also wrote it along with her creative partner and husband, Jonathan Nolan, also nice. Christopher Nolan's brother. So, oh my goodness, yeah, you know, it had a vibe. It absolutely it did. had a vibe. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Nolan is really creative. He did Watchmen. He so it's it's interesting how these creators and they take a bent but yeah um so this movie uh basically had a budget of 68 million dollars went to theaters and hbo max the premise is nick bannister a private investigator of the mind navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client may a simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her so wow wow wowie zowie yeah i um had been looking forward to this film for a long time um, you know, since I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, cool. It's Wolverine. I kept thinking as I was watching him going through his paces in this movie, I'm like, man, this dude just needs to pop the claws and do a, do a backflip or something. I felt bad for him for not having Wolverine's powers because he's so, he endemic to, yeah, he's so endemic to that role after all these years, even though he has concluded his run doing it. It's just, it's hard to think about him as anything else, but he's had such a diverse career that it's not like. You know the fact that what was the 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 the, the spoof line in the first uh, Family Guy Star Wars again? It was hi, I'm Harrison, I'm Han Solo, and I'm Harrison Ford, and I'm the only actor whose you know career won't be destroyed by this movie. Um, because yeah, he's just he just really does diversify and does a lot of different things. But I I enjoyed him in this role. Even his name Nick Bannister, you know, sounds very like noirish. You don't you think? Um, oh yeah, it's cool. yeah, yeah, it's cool. This is the world of. I don't know if they really described how much time has gone by, but this is obviously a a future of our own world. But in this, the uh, the inevitable happens. The polar ice caps have melted. I'm assuming. I don't know if they say that directly, but the world has basically the the sea level has risen by you know, a hundred feet or something. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I actually, I think everybody flushed their toilets at the same time. That's what happened. Whoosh, there you go. Yes. Low flow toilets have, have destroyed the world. Uh, but this is a significant period of time after that it happened. Uh, there was a world war, which is alluded to by many characters in this, including, uh, including you know Hugh Jackman's characters having fought in the war, he I fought on the front. Or th- at one point, uh, there was a hitman who was going to axe him, and he had you know he said, "Raise up your hands!" And there was a tattoo on the inner uh, on uh, Hugh Jackman's inner 
arm. And, he, and the guy, you know, misfired a shot and said, well, you know, you're a fellow vet. So, you know, I'll give you this one, but get out of here. So, um, yeah, so there was obviously there was a there was a world war um, and, you know, life is just kind of. You know, it's it's life is kind of very much like the 1930s. Just a lot of shadows and shades of gray, and I I'm 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 not recalling exactly how did Nick Bannister get into the, this line of work. Being yeah, a, that's being a, a that's a good question. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, the premise is he basically is someone that walks people through their memories. Uh, they go into these tanks. Uh, he controls the environment and he can see it in 3D. Um, it presented in front of you, and it's basically as the person remembers it um, and not necessarily all the details around it. So you kind of see what they see and he guides them through the memories because if he guides them in the wrong spot, they could die. They, their brain could basically have a hemorrhage because it's not a memory they have and their brain starts thinking about it to fill the gaps. So right. he has a role in it um, and that's his job along with Annie Newton who basically does the tech work for it. And it, the premise is essentially he helps people either and I guess that's one of the things he talks about. This world is so horrible now. The only good things that you have now are the things that happened in the past with memories. So that's that's why he has a job. People uh, hire him. They they even come and define lost keys or things like that. Um, so you see what his role is. Um, he had, like you said, he had a hard pass. He was a vet. So was uh, Andy Newton. And the premise of this movie definitely feels like a noir detective film, like. You know, mysterious dame walks in and things go awry along the way. No one is who they think they are. And a lot of adventures happen along the way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this one's kind of off my radar. I mean, except for the trailer. I'm like, that looks interesting. Is it going to be a lot like uh, uh, all of those movies we thought, John, you know, with, with Christopher Nolan? Um, is it going to be a mind screw? Is it really going to be like she's a ghost and he can't find her? And this did feel like more like a detective film trying to solve the mystery. And mm. and I like that versus being uber techie or anything. Like you said, like it's in the future, but it doesn't feel that far in the future because they didn't have lasers. They didn't yeah. have things like that. They didn't have really was, high tech. Yeah. It was just stuff. The, the thing that was the most high tech was, you know, obviously this memory uh, capturing whatever it is. And then, you know, just like with any. You know, he said, "Oh, the world, you know, the world fell to shit, whatever." So there's, you know, the, the world is is has the CD underbelly, and there are new narcotics. So was it ba Bacta? I kept thinking of Bacta, Bacta, yeah. which is the stuff in Star Wars that is the stuff that'll heal you, like you see Luke and like the Bactine. tank. Bacta, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you see Luke in the tank after he got smacked in the face by the Wampa in the Empire Strikes Back. It's made out of so, wikis, yeah. Charlie Chewbacca, Baca. It's made yeah, of wikis. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, they grind up. They gr they grind down their their big their wiki their big bones. Paws. Yeah, wiki bones. Mm. Mm. It's very dark. So yeah, I uh, I really dug this. I I think that unfortunately, I think April and I were both watching it yesterday morning after not such a great night of sleep. So I know she was nodding off, and I'm like, do you want to start this over again? No, I just don't dig it. I just want it to be over. It was, and we we tend to watch when we watch a movie early morning, we watch it in the dark, and it's one of those movies that's just so dark. That if you don't watch it in the dark, you're not really seeing what's going on. Uh, so it, it is, I think, really perfect for a movie theater, to be perfectly honest with you. I might have preferred to have seen it that way, but my schedule just didn't allow it. Um, but yeah, that would be my recommendation. I really enjoyed it. I think this is a good um, movie for the theaters because of all of the really dark tones. It's hard to watch it in your living room. Uh, if you happen to have, you know, weird, because living rooms, you have weird light sources, windows coming through and stuff. So there's certain movies that that just doesn't really fit the bill. 
or certain TV shows like, you know, Daredevil. I could never get through that show because you could go through entire scenes where you can't see anything. Or, you know, Game of Thrones, you and I have talked about that. There's certain episodes where you're like, I d- thank God for the captions and stuff so that you can read what's going on because it's like reading a book because you can't see anything. Man stumbles in the dark. <laughs> Man, yes. Uh, what was that? that- you know what? My remember my favorite caption dies when someone expires. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's a good point because I think this movie was. I really enjoyed it, uh, but it did feel like it's still going. Oh, yeah. Okay, something else is going to happen. Okay, it was a right. long. I think the pacing was a little indulgent. It could it have is, been trimmed a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it was an hour fifty-five. I remember because I remember pausing and looking up at the screen at a certain point. So it probably could have easily been, you know, an an hour forty-five flat. You know what I mean? Being that the last ten minutes is credit, so that really means it's an hour thirty-five. So kind of nudged over the nudged over the the ninety-minute mark. Maybe it seems like they could have accomplished a lot because yeah, they added on like, and now he's going to New Orleans because he's going to look for this clue or whatever. So yeah, you're right. There could have been there there could be a little bit too much fluff. Uh, and, th- and that's where it could have suffered. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on that one. Yeah. And maybe that's me being just a, a person of the times where it's like, I'm a little more impatient with things and maybe that's mm-hmm. bad of us. Right. You know, we're like, tell me a story really quick. It's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But I mean, maybe it's some things need to take their time. So yeah, I'm two minds of it, you know, maybe, but I did feel like, uh, yeah, okay, we can tighten this up and, or we getting close. And, but, um, but with that, Charlie, you mentioned, rather seeing the theater i'm like and i think to a point the more and more movies we only see at home movies i think i know this is going to be so blasphemous aren't going to seem that big of a deal anymore right right exactly because yeah i'm like oh this film's coming out and i know i want to see it but i know i can't get out to the theater so that's that's just going to evaporate so yeah you're right it's going to all entertainment is going to is everything is going to flow through your television um, you know, from the jump of it. So I guess we'll find out when movies like this aren't so readily available, you know, when they kind of stream it back to being, you know, when Disney is not doing the premiere access. So that's another 30 bucks. Uh, when, um, you know, when, when HBO, uh, Max is not doing the Warner brothers thing and they're not dropping these movies same day. What other, um, what other Warner brothers movies are we kind of looking forward to seeing this way between now and the end of the year? Did any, any really jump out at you? Dune's the big one, uh, but there's, a, oh. you know, there's there's some smaller movies that are coming out, but nothing like, you know, that are like, I would say are must see. So, um, I mean, yeah, Dune, I'm absolutely going to go see. In the yeah, that, that's, that's a big movie. That's, that's a big screen experience. That would not be I don't think that would be as, nearly as enjoyable watching. And again, we, we have a nice, you know, t- thanks, to Todd. He, he was the one who kind of pointed out to me, but we have, you know, a 65 inch TV and that's great. But it's not a 70 foot TV or a movie screen or whatever the hell they are with the sound I mean? and everything. They the do. sound yeah. and the darkness and yeah, the experience. And you have nothing going. else distracting you. You're like, you have to watch it. You're not pausing the film. You're not like, oh, let's pause and come back two days later and finish it. Or, oh, you want to eat something? Okay, great. I, I think that's that's the distracted viewing at home. I yeah. think has made it just it just like like myself. I'm I'm guilty. I watched the first half on the elliptical. Then I came back and watched the second half as I was doing dishes, and right. I mean I was still yeah. But so I was like, that's not the right space to be in. So yeah. I, I think it's it's relooking at cinema and because TV is so good these days that I think that movies are gonna feel less important unless we do something different with them. 
Well, I agree, and, and the sim- by the simple fact of the matter of, and I think you know we've seen that that stre- streaming television content has been of such great uh, improving quality, where film uh, filmed or, or basically movie cinematic content ha- has become increasingly poor. I mean, look at the Snake Eyes movie. My God, what a piece of garbage! Absolutely could not stand it. And this was something like, oh, you know, they've been promoting it and it had been delayed and it was a big deal. It's just think of. Think of the truly great films that you've seen, even if they're popcorn flicks or things that are, um, you know, related to genre that you've seen even during the COVID era that you're like, oh, boy, I really wanted to see that in the screen or no, I would really rather go watch, you know, Todd for you, you know, Ted Lasso or, you know, or I wanted to watch, uh, you know, some other streaming, something that was new that I really dug. You know what I mean? Because you can do it at your convenience and you can rewatch it and it's easy and it's not all these built up expectations and looking to see something great for two hours of trash, you know, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's stuff that you can try out. Like you love Ted, Ted Lasso. I didn't love Ted Lasso. I watched a couple episodes and I was done with it and that's okay. I can move on to seeing, you know, but I love their, I love Schmigadoon that just finally ended on, on Apple plus that was very fun. Or, you know, we really like that show physical uh, on Apple plus that Rose Byrne was in. So you can sample different things and not feel like you're like, oh, I wasted time and money to see this absolutely bloated $200 million snake eyes movie or whatever the hell it was. Um, and, you know, and I shared a grab with you guys yesterday that people really spoke with their wallets that nobody liked it. So nobody saw it. And you're going to see it. I mean, it's still coming to Paramount plus in 45 days after release, too. Right. So it's like. Uh, you know, I, that's perfect. That's perfectly fine for me to see snake eyes and see if it's, you know, there's something redeemable or not. So right. It's, it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine wearing a mask in the theater if it comes to that, but I don't want movie theaters to shut down again. That would suck. Um, yeah. you know what? I, I'm perfectly fine for those morons who chose, sorry, uh, chose not to get a vaccine to have to be carded. And if they didn't get the vaccination, sorry, no shirt, no service, no vaccine, no service. Right, right exactly, correct. Yeah, yeah. I and I and I'm very happy to wear my little my little. Oh, this is something I mentioned on code is that one of the um, one of the vendors at the Comic Con we worked last weekend was a leathersmith, and they made little uh, little badges you can have on you that you can tuck your card in. And it was a Star Trek theme. It said "Plague Plague Ship." Uh, plague ship victim or plague ship whatever and you can tuck your thing in there and i don't give a shit about that i'll carry my vaccine card around whatever the hell it takes you know Absolutely. i i never had a moment's hesitancy about getting vaccinated i we were talking about this with our we went to a concert last night and our friends drove we were talking about this and my, our friends are both healthcare professionals they've both been frontline workers this entire time and i said booster shot give me a effing booster shot as soon as i can get it i don't care shoot me full of, i i I don't have any fear in doing something that's going to protect myself, my family, and total strangers. I have no fear. I have no fear. Absolutely. So, folks, we hope movies will continue to be in theaters. You get the option to see it, spend some money, and you know, support, right. and just make it a fun night out. That's the big part. And maybe do it with other people. Have have a good time out with your f- family, friends, and enjoy the cinema. But with that, Charlie, so um, you know, this isn't our normal where we give like the pros and the cons. We go with this. I mean, I think overall, I think we both were pretty happy with this movie. Totally. Oh yeah. Um, and this is great. I mean, this is the type of movie that we want to see more of. Original properties, right? Good acting, good script. Felt like it was actually people cared to make this movie and it wasn't based on anything. So want more right. of these type of experiences. Super rare that you get, yeah, you get an IP uh, that is something that is not, that is not grounded in the ground. Like here's the ninth version of, I keep, keep hacking away at snake eyes. Here's a ninth version of something GI Joe related. That's total crap. Or here's another transformers movie. 
nobody cares. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Give us more stuff like this. Give it to us, obviously, with actors that we like. And like you said, people who actually want to make it. Uh, or, or people who put, you know, people who are talented who wrote the script. So yeah, I'm totally down. Go see this movie. And again, my recommendation is go see it in the theater. Uh, I would have preferred to have seen it in the theater, but my schedule simply didn't allow it. But if I would have had my druthers about it, this is the kind of movie I would have liked it because I thought scope wise, um, with the, you know, the big vistas and the flooded Miami, which is where most of the, the movie took place at, I, I think it would have been great to see it on the big screen. Absolutely. So folks, check it out um but you know what we'll be back in the next week to talk about something new in the world of nerd so if there's anything you want us to talk about let us know and if you listen to then credits you'll know how to do that so charlie i think it's time for us to say goodbye indeed you will know my friends thank you as always for joining us i'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking though i usually say trucking watch the video you'll know what charlie's talking about um And as I will say, be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. In a truck. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.